Hello, what's up? This is Aiden Jones. You're listening to Sitting Under a Tree for Tuesday, the 8th of December, 2020. Scoo! How the fuck are you guys, man? Tell you what, I've made a right bloody mess of my tea this morning. Let me sip. Uh, oh, that tastes good though. Get in. Thanks for listening, everyone. Sorry the pod's late. I know. I'm recording on Wednesday morning. I've just had such a frantic week. I just don't know. I just have had, I've had so many things going on and I just so lo- much, lots to think about and it's been really hard for me. Oh, I feel like I have been doing a lot of things. I really, um, I'm not recording on video this week because it is only a source of stress to me at the best of times and I know that I'm not going to do anything with it. So I'm just not going to, I'm just not going to do it. Maybe I'm just going to stop recording video for a bit because that just, it's more work for fucking, no reason. I don't care. (sighs) Yeah, that's, you know what? That's a little, that's a little, uh, a little, um, what's the word? That's like a little nice thing that I can do for myself. Hey Aiden, guess what? You don't have to record video for your podcast for a bit or maybe ever again. Because it just doesn't matter. <laughs> the important thing is the podcast. And, and you know, making the deep dreams is fun. That's a, Here's something that I do. I fucking always make so much more work for myself on a project. Because I just want, I'm like more, more, more. I get, you know, excited. So I give myself all more things to do. I was talking to a mate last night about um <clears throat> another comic and he was talking about the projects that he started doing during lockdown the little videos that he's doing videos Dan Rosario I don't know why I didn't say his name Dan Rosario super funny and um he has started doing these like vine videos and and Instagram videos and stuff over lockdown oh. And his videos are so fucking funny. Go on his, what's his Instagram? D-A-H-N. It's, yeah, Dan the Man. Like D-A-H-N, the M-A-H-N. And it's about, like, I was talking to him last night. He was like, yeah, man, I started doing these videos. And it's like, you know, what's the two things that I know, right? Doofs and Lebos. So I just made videos about that. <laughs> That's what he said. What's the two things I know about? Doofs and Lebos. <laughs> See what I mean? He's funny already. Um, And he was talking about these videos and I've seen his videos and they're just real short, basic. Like there's not a lot of production value to them. It's the character that he's playing that's funny and that's what's funny about it. And I was compare. I was like, oh yeah, man, I was doing my backyard bitch videos during lockdown and um, it felt like the more work I put into it, the less people were watching. And that's what I did with the backyard bitch is I started and it was just like a five minute fun video of me gardening. And then it turned into like 10 minute, 15 minute videos, editing, like intense editing going on and like me planning them and doing it. And it was so much work. And I feel like the longest one, I maybe spent like 10 hours on one of them. And, and it felt like the, the more time I spent, the less people cared about it or were watching it. It's like fucking, it was like, I reckon I got like 30 likes on one and I spent 10 hours. 
<laughs> and he laughed at that, man. He was like, yeah, bro, that's fucking brutal. And uh, here's me, you know, almost doing that with my podcast. I've got to do video. Why? Why do I have to make video of it? I know of this podcast that no one who doesn't know me isn't go- is going to watch it. No, no random person. Here's the reason behind me putting the videos is because if I'm putting, if I'm like recording it and then I say something that's like good, like I go off on a bit of a tear, you know, maybe that'll be like, there's like a one minute video of me making myself laugh, talking about beans or whatever, which is fine. But no one who doesn't know me at all or anything about me is going to see that and go, oh, sick. Finally, a random man's opinion on beans. <laughs> like, no one cares. Who are these videos for, Aiden? No one's watching them. God. <laughs> I mean, really. Just relax and do your fucking podcast. Talk to yourself. And the people who actually are listening, which hello to you. I feel like I'm actually probably talking to you now. Hey, to everyone who's ordered a Backyard Bitch shirt, thank you. I sent them off last week. And um, I can't remember who it was. Some One person, fuck, I'm sorry, bro. I can't remember who, which person it was. Gave me a fucking lovely reply because I put little Christmas cards in all of the... Um, in all of the fucking packages. And he said that was a nice touch. And and you know what? That's the kind of feedback that I'm looking for. And the kind of validation that I appreciate on the podcast. Alright? So thank you very much for that message. Um, yeah. And uh, I've got a few more orders after I... That's what I need. Every person who orders, I'll make a big song and dance about like... And the Backyard Bitch t-shirts are off. And they're out. And they're in the mail. And people are buying them. And then a few more people will be like, oh, shit. Oh, also, thanks to everyone who put me on their, on the, I was on their Spotify wrapped. Fuck, it turns out like five people I'm your most listened to podcast. Look, that feels pretty good. Okay. <laughs> That's a way of kidding myself into thinking that I'm more relevant than I am. Hey, look, man, not a lot of people listen, but the people who do, like, they really listen. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> hey, it's better to have a thousand... No, it's better to have, like, five true fans <laughs> than to fill Wembley Stadium with a bunch of acquaintances. That's what I've always said, man. As long as those five pa- fans pay, like, ten grand each... <laughs> then you're pretty much on the same level. (laughs) No, it was really cool to see people um, fucking have been listening to the pod, man, and then sending those in, and I was posting them on my Instagram and being arrogant. It was fun. It was a lot of fun. Imagine if one of my most listened to podcasts was my own podcast. (laughs) That would have been a good Spotify wrapped. My one was... um, I was a little embarrassed because I got fucked that fucking album by the Kid Leroy, who I've now realized is just not a cool artist <laughs> to listen to. <laughs> like, I thought when I first was listening to the Kid Leroy, I was like, yeah, this kid's 16. He's like a rap prodigy. And 
you know, it's all very exciting. And I felt like, oh, here's, here's an, like an example of me still being relevant. I'm still listening to what the kids are listening to. The kids, fuck. What a fucking phrase to be using. I'm like, uh, when I, when I listened to that album and loved it, I was like, I really latched onto it. Like, this is something cool to listen to that is just as relevant to, you know, youth culture and fucking whatever. I thought it was cool and I thought it made me cool to listen to it. And then the more I listened to it and I, like, I guess just see how it's received in the popular culture, I'm like, oh, this isn't cool music. People don't think this is cool. It's like pop. And it's fine, but people know it, but they don't hold it in like a high esteem. And and so I've just become a little bit more furtive about telling people that I listened to it. It was sick. I love the album. And then it was annoying because I've it fucking ruined my Spotify wrapped. My top artist was Marabou State, thank God. And then my second one was The Kid Leroy. It was a 16-year-old boy, you know. Rapping about his feelings or fucking whatever. That, the Marabou State album was amazing though. That is, I mean, that's got to be, I want to get a tattoo of that, man. That's so fucking good, that album. Kingdoms in Colour. I still, and I know, I want to stop talking about piano things that I'm playing because I fucking, that's more work for me. I'm not going to record this stuff. At some point, I'll record something else on piano and put it on the podcast. But I really want to play the song Beginner's Luck. I really, that's like a long-term aim for me on piano is to play, that's the first track of Kingdoms in Colour. Dun, 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 it's like a big choir. And then, but then the drums come in and it's like all fucking like, you know, I'm not going to do, you could probably make the song just out of those clips, I reckon. That was like, good enough, close enough to the actual tune. Someone cut all those up, make them into a little fucking Fruity Loops and you've got the song right there. I don't need to learn it on piano. I want to get, I want to make a piano arrangement of that that's just piano, no voice or anything that kind of sounds enough like the original and then like learn it and play it. Yeah. Get the rhythm somehow, get the like tippity-tappity of the uh, of the hi hat and the snare drum, maybe in like a high register, like a really high register, so it sounds. You notice as like you, the notes get higher, you are able to distinguish less and less between them, I guess. So it just sounds more like percussive. There we go. So if I played that in the high register, just had that like the right hand kind of dancing around there, something like that. <laughs> And um, and played the bass in the left hand and then came into the middle for the melody and somehow to be able to make that work with two hands but having three voices, that's the goal. I feel like it would be a hard piece to play but I feel like if I arranged it in a way where it's just within my ability, yeah, I need help. I definitely need help. I'm no fucking, I'm no composer or arranger or whatever. But it would be such a cool piece to play. No one's doing that online. I'm a fucking, I'm a great thinker, all right? No one's thinking like that. No one's playing Kingdoms in Colour. 
by Marabou State just on solo piano. They said it couldn't be done, but I, I, I think differently. Anyway, that's enough of that. Ah, that's enough of that's enough of that. Fucking oi, none of that, mate. <sighs> what have I done this week? It's been a good week. Um, I've been working. Worked Monday, Tuesday. Worked Thursday, Friday last week. Um, at the garden joint, dude. Yesterday, we were in a um. Probably the best garden that we've been in since I've been working for these this crew. It was uh, on a. We've been in some really big ones recently. The like the day before on Monday we were in one that was an acre block, and this house has been for f- like fifteen years apparently has just been kind of left. They turned the water off, so half the plants in the front yard have died. But it was this mansion in fucking Turak or whatever. It's crazy to like. See that houses like this exist in Melbourne. Just these huge fucking houses facing onto the street, like massive, you know, these driveways. I don't know. Like, there's people, some people just have so much fucking money. It's actually crazy. Like, I, oh, this is my bleeding heart. It's actually crazy. It's really crazy. It's, my voice sounded quite emotional then, isn't it? It's actually crazy, though, that these fucking houses exist. Like, this house, I guess, belongs to... It does, that's right. It belongs to some billionaire guy, whatever. And he doesn't live there. His kid, who's, like, in his early 20s, lives there and, you know, doesn't take care of it, doesn't mow the lawns or whatever. It's just his house that he lives at and the dog, there's, like, a dog there. And it's like this huge block. And it just feels like it's going to waste. And it's like, it's your money, you know, you bought the house, you can do whatever you want with it. But it just seems wrong <laughs> that this house, there's like one fucking person in it and it's been, you know, allowed to fall into disrepair. And then there's people sleeping on the streets. <clears throat> On Swanston Street, there's people that just, they don't have anywhere to live. And, you know, I mean, I'm sure if you, maybe that would be a good reality show. The uh, 21-year-old son of a billionaire has to live with <laughs> with homeless Kirk from Smith Street. <laughs> oh, my God. And Kirk's in there trying to score drugs. Off the rich kids trying to make money off him, puts him to work. They have a fight, probably end really badly. They'd probably just fight. <laughs> we just have a dead rich kid on our hands. No, I'm not going to say that about homeless people, actually. I don't know what the fuck would happen. It'd be a good TV show, right? Fuck, maybe that is actually a good idea for a TV show. We take all. No, that's exploitative. Come on, Aiden. That's exploitative. Don't be making money off... I mean, all reality TV is exploitative though, right? What's the difference? Okay, because what I was about to pitch was take a bunch of homeless people off the street and like put them in a mansion with one rich kid and see what happens. But then I, what, the reason I stopped myself on, along that line of thought is because I thought, well, it is probably exploitative because these people who are homeless are in a bad situation and we're taking advantage of the fact that they're desperate in order to make content out of them 
and probably that they're like have some sort of mental issues as well and banking on that as a way to you know, oh, it's going to be volatile. What's going to happen? The guy with one arm and the man with six dogs <laughs> together in a house this week at 7 p.m. on Channel 10 every day. It's, uh, what would the show be called? Uh, Homeless in the Hamptons. <laughs> there we go. But, right, that, so that was what I was thinking of pitching and then I stopped myself because I was like, no, that's exploitative. But really, what is the difference in the exploitation between that and, as another example, using people who are desperate for love? Shows like Love Island or what's some of the other insane dating shows? Like the shit where they have to fuck... Isn't there one dating in the dark or something where they have to fucking decide if they're going to marry each other before they even see each other and they just talk like in a cupboard or something i heard about this some of those fucking dating shows sound cool like an interesting exploration of love and and you know the constraints of how much you can actually like how much a person's physical appearance matters to the connection that you have it sounds interesting but ultimately what you're doing is just preying on people's desperation and loneliness to make your ass some money. So what I'm saying is if they're allowed to do that, then why can't I do Homeless in the Hamptons? <laughs> Pretty fucking funny, don't you reckon? <laughs> Alrighty. Anyway, that's a bit of fun. I was just talking to... Um, to a friend, I was just talking to a friend who, and I'm going to be vague here, um, but I was just talking to a friend who, um, what can I say, is I guess having a little bit of trouble in his, uh, he's trying to get laid, but he's coming off too, too eager, I think. And we had a really good conversation about it um, because I just wanted to have a word to him to basically go, look, man, you are coming off a little eager and you don't want to be doing that because ultimately you don't want to be making people uncomfortable and um, you don't want to be making girls uncomfortable, right? That's a, th that's a, a problem that I've had, I reckon, that I've been through and... Um, the interesting way that I've been thinking about having this conversation with him for like all day yesterday, I was like, I'm going to have to have that conversation. Um, and what's interesting that I was just thinking about is I reckon like what I'm learning as I get older is that it's just important to not make people uncomfortable and you shouldn't make people uncomfortable because no one deserves, no one like girls, girls don't leave the house if a girl is out trying to have fun and enjoy her night, there's no way that you're going to make that better by going up to her and trying to have sex with her, is it? You know, and hitting on her. It's just annoying. And as a girl, that must get very annoying to get hit on all the time. Have guys always coming up to you and going, hey, what's your fucking favorite kind of cake? <laughs> just asking you stupid fucking questions as a bullshit way to start a conversation, you know, to disguise the fact that they're trying to have sex with you. That must be so fucking annoying. 
And that is the reason why you don't just go out and assume that everyone's trying to fuck. Because as a dude, for me, when I was younger and for when I was just desperate, and a lot of times when I was desperate to have sex, I'd be going out and in every situation just reading sexual overtones into it and going, oh, well, she's here, so she must be on some level out you know, looking to meet someone. And it's like, maybe not. Maybe she's just out here. Maybe she just wants to go bowling. And you're at a bowling alley. And so that's what she's done. Doesn't mean that she's out looking for love. She just wants to fucking try and bowl a few frames, you know? Whatever. Man, I realized though that for me, when I was in that mindset, the best way to approach the situation is not to frame it in terms of the... Unfortunately, this is a sad truth, I think, but the best way to frame the situation is not to frame it in terms of the girl's feelings because a guy who's trying to get laid, unfortunately, is not thinking about a girl's feelings, which sucks because he should be. Because actually, and here's the thing, you should because that's a person. But also what I've realized in just talking to my friend just now is that the best way to frame it is in terms of how are you going to get laid? Because that's what he cares about. And kind of like, I guess in a beneficial turn of events, the best way to get laid is to start thinking about the woman's feelings. Because no one's going to fuck you if they feel uncomfortable. And anyway, I was just having this conversation with him and basically trying to, in not so many words, say, look, dude, you've been coming on a bit strong, so maybe he's up. Because you just it's not going to go good for you. And I, uh, I thought of this story, and I don't know if I've told this story on the podcast, so I thought it'd be cool. I just remembered... When I was, uh, this was a big thing that stopped me in my tracks at the time. And now I look back on and it, I, I told it on another podcast or just like a friend's Instagram thing recently. And, and my friend was like a, a friend who is a woman. <laughs> How do I say that? My friend who is, uh, look, kind of, look, uh, they are a person who, <laughs> Getting all flustered on myself because I don't know how to break it to everyone. Hey, by the way, this friend's a woman in this story, and that's important. God, I'm bad at talking about gender and shit. Anyway, so uh, yeah, I told this story to my friend, and uh, what I take from it now after the initial thing is like guys are actually really cool to other guys. And I know guys get a lot of bad rap, and a lot of it is deserved. But coming from a guy, being a guy myself, guys have always been so cool to me. <laughs> and I think a reason for that is um, because guys see themselves in other guys. And like when I see a, a younger dude or just a guy who's making the same mistakes that I have, I see myself, it's like, it warms my heart a little bit because I'm like, you're an idiot and I can see how and I'm, I want to help you. And I reckon that's what this guy thought when he saw me. Anyway, so it was 2013 and I was um, doing this job that I got, <clears throat> like lucked myself out on a job in the Gold Coast for a week. So it was the uni games which evidently is like, you know, the Australian meetup of all university students where they go and play sports against each other under, and they do that as an excuse to just get drunk and try and have sex with other people 
from all around the country. And it was in the Gold Coast and there was uh, I was working for Ice Break, you know, the ice coffee company. And they had a big, like, fucking 15-foot high inflatable setup with all, like, rings, like a big target. And you had to stand, like, 10 meters back or whatever and throw rugby balls through certain holes in the targets and win and then you get free iced coffee. And uh, my job, they flew me up there, paid me $1,000 for the week. My job was to stand there with a microphone and, like, a speaker while they played music and I was like commentating. I was like, oh, and this fucking loser, he's thrown the ball and it's not gone through the hole and he's missed and he does not get any ice break. You loser, you don't get any free iced coffee. Bam, bam. That kind of shit. So uh, I'm doing that for a week and it was promo. So like all the other people there are just basically hot girls and a few dudes, a few like <laughs> future future personal trainers. <laughs> I bet everyone there has, by this point, almost 10 years later, done a PT course. <laughs> or like, or a yoga instructor. <laughs> That's the kind of vibe, right? When we were all 21, 22 at the time. And uh, <clears throat> so the whole week I'm doing this and knowing there's going to be a big party on the Friday. But I was a comedian, a very new comedian at that point. I'd been doing comedy for like a year. And I'd managed to put myself a gig on the Gold Coast on, I reckon, the Thursday. So on the Thursday, I've told all these guys that I'm working with, hey, I'm a comedian, come down and watch my gig. And they come down and we do this show. And I kind of bomb. I was fine. But I remember one guy, another comic on the lineup, who I, I reckon would have been like 30 or 35 or maybe 40. I remember him being taller and like a lot more experienced comedian than I was. I remember the stage was like only a couple inches high. It wasn't a very good setup in the room, but everyone was struggling. And then I remember this guy being on stage and get like stepping down off the stage and just into the crowd. And he just killed. I remember that move that he did. And that was one of the first times I'd seen that. And it made me go like, oh my God, you can just do that. You can just step off the stage. I remember my set and I had been on the stage and felt confined by the three edges of the stage and the wall behind me. And I was scared to like step off the stage, even though I think the crowd were quite far away from the stage. So it was a bad setup. This dude just stepped off the stage and he came out and met the people where they were. And was magnanimous. I remember that kind of vibe. Anyway, he did really well and I was like in awe of him on some level. I don't know who the fuck it was. I wish I could remember. It might have even been Dave fucking... Uh, uh, Dave Cameron? Maybe it was Dave Cameron. Red-haired guy from Adelaide. Anyway, I don't fucking know. I don't even know if that's a real person's name that I remember. Who cares? Whatever. After the show... I go up to that guy and I'm like, hey man, you know, trying to be like, hey bro, like, yeah, cool set, whatever. <laughs> and, uh, and he's like talking to me and then he looks over and sees all the promo crew that I'm there with and these hot girls and these guys and there must have been like six or seven of the, of the promo gang there. And uh, he looks over at him. And then looks at me and he goes, oh, is that your, like, your little crew? And I'm like, yeah, I'm up here doing this job for fucking ice break. And uh, he kind of levels a stare at me and he goes, okay, so which one? 
Meaning like, which one of these girls are you trying to get with tonight? And that immediately, I was like, oh, I, I wasn't confident enough to have that sort of line of questioning leveled at me and not have it knock me off my feet. Like I didn't want anyone to know that I'd even thought about, you know, trying to get with any of these girls. So I'm like, oh, I don't, I'm not sure. Oh, like he really floored me. And after my stammering, whatever bullshit I said, he went, oh yeah, whichever one will take you, right? And that line knocked me fucking, knocked me, I was done after that. That was the line. I think he just, he laughed to himself. He said that. And then saw me still stammering and went, all right, man, you know, have a good night. Good luck. (laughs) And left. And what I took from that at the time and now that I was trying to, I was telling my friend just before was like, if you're out and you're like just trying to get laid and you don't care who it is, people can tell. And if you don't care who it is, why? Why don't you care who? It's not even about the person. It's like you're just trying to get laid off of anyone. For me, this is what I was thinking about is for me, it was always, if that's the case, like if there, if there's no one out who's as a specific person caught your attention enough to go, that's who I'm after. If there's not, if that person isn't out there, then why are you trying to get laid at all? If there's no person that you're connecting with, then just don't, just have it for fun and enjoy your night and stop trying to get laid. And if you're out, uh, ah, that's interesting. Maybe he even realized, maybe there was just some sort of vibe that I was giving off on stage where he saw that and went, this kid's trying to fuck. And that's why he's, I don't remember the material that I did, but maybe he was, fuck. I never even considered that. Maybe, maybe it wasn't, that he just saw me and thought, oh, this kid's trying to fuck one of these girls. Maybe he saw my energy and realized I was trying to get laid and wondered who I was trying to fuck. And then when he saw that I hadn't even decided, he felt sorry for me because he was like, oh, this kid, he's got no fucking idea what he's doing. And I think that was just tied for me to the low self-esteem thing of like, oh, well, if if someone will fuck me, it doesn't even matter who. I just need someone to tell me that I'm a good boy by sucking my dick and then like, then I'll be able to feel better. And actually that never made me feel better because that's a bad way to look for validation. <clears throat> but that's kind of what I was saying to my friend was like, you know, if you're out, and you're and you're like ping ponging between like a few girls and just you know like a lost puppy. People can see. You think you're hiding it, but you're not. It's very easy to tell. And um, yeah, I think that was a good that that was the end of that. <laughs> I never tell the end of this story. The end of that week was on Friday. Of the week up in the Gold Coast. I managed to get uh, I managed to get some girl's number and she was cute, man. She came to the rugby ball throwing thing and I guess I had a couple fucking words with her and made her laugh and whatever. Or maybe she'd come back a few days in a row and I caught her number. And then we, uh, we all went our separate ways and I went with my little promo crew back to the hotel that we'd been booked into and we got drunk, man. And I was just getting after it. <clears throat> And this is part of why I needed to quit drinking because 
I reckon now, thinking back, the reason I was drinking is because I was so scared of messaging this girl. I was like, all right, I got a girl's number. Now, the hard part is messaging her and convincing her that I'm fucking, you know, because that's the thing. <laughs> I want her to tell me that I'm good by sleeping with me. But for her to sleep with me, I got to convince her that I'm good. It's a fucking balancing act. And at that point in time, I just wasn't confident enough to do that. So I was like, maybe if I drink enough, then that'll just get me there. I'll just wake up and it'll all, all have happened. And I didn't have to do anything. So I got really fucking drunk, way too drunk. And then I started messaging her, whatever bullshit I was messaging her. <clears throat> and um, I don't know. I, I just found myself later in the night by myself stumbling around the Gold Coast full of other fucking, you know, university age kids and um, stumbling along some path and the girl who I had been messaging out of nowhere, she was just there walking the other direction to me with her mate and she saw me and was like, hey, and I was so fucking drunk. I didn't recognize her for a second and then she was like, all right, I'll see you later. And then I was like, oh, it's her oh hello and she was like nah dude oh, have a good night <laughs> I've been messaging her all night it's all I was it was the whole reason I was out of the house was just to hopefully link up with this girl and and you know have sex and then I see her and I'm so drunk that I don't even recognize her. <laughs> and then by the time I do, that's enough for her to be like, yeah, nah, I'm good. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I haven't thought about that in fucking ages. And then I, cause I'd saved her number in my phone as some fucking stupid, you know, like, Alana Banana or whatever her fucking name was. It's just me trying to be cool to myself, acting like I didn't care that I got her number when actually it was the highlight of my year. And um, I remember never deleting the number out of my phone and it just staring back at me every time I scrolled through my contacts, seeing her name and the dumb name that I'd saved it as there and just being like, yep, you fucking blew it, didn't you, mate? You got drunk and you fucking blew it. Anyway, I reckon that's the end of the story and I reckon that's the podcast for this week. How uplifting. You fucking blew it, Aiden. Um, any dudes out there, don't go out trying to get laid. And any girls out there, we're sorry. Thank you very much. This has been Aiden Jones sitting under a tree. Peace.